Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less tax. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. So the Inflation Reduction Act, this is one with such conflicting narrative. What you're going to discover today, and I have a very special guest with me today, what you'll discover today is that it is not probably what you think. Instead, this is going to be a major change in the tax landscape. It will particularly be a major change for small business owners and for middle income taxpayers. And with me today, I have Steve Moore, who is an expert in economics, was with the Trump administration. And it's such a pleasure to have you with us today, Steve. Hi, Tom. Great to be with you. So if you would, just give a little bit of back, your background. I think most people know who you are, but if you would, just a little of your background. Well, I was a senior economic advisor to Donald Trump uh, when he was uh, running for president. And as uh, when he was president, uh, I was on his economic recovery task force. I worked for 10 years as a senior economics writer for the Wall Street Journal editorial board, which was probably the most fun job I've ever had. Uh, right now, I am a, a senior fellow at the um, Freedom Works, and I am a, a frequent contributor to Fox News, and so it is uh, fantastic to be with you. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Steve. So, so <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act. I always believe that whatever the government calls it, it's probably the opposite. But in this case, one of the things that the government's saying, and particularly Joe Manchin, is saying, "Look, this isn't going to hit middle income." This is only going to hit the big businesses. It's only going to hit the tax cheats. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the facts are just the facts. And the facts show that the government reports find that a, a large percentage of the money that's going to be raised by these tax increases uh, are going to hit the middle class. I think that the estimate I saw was $17 billion dollars. Um, more paid by people who make less than $400,000. And that was, remember, that it was Joe Biden said he was not going to raise tax by one penny for people who make less than $400,000. Um, the Joe Manchin, who's the one who's cut this deal, the senator from West Virginia keeps saying it's not going to tax people who make less than $400,000. But the facts are the facts. It will hit middle class folks. And um, so, so it's going to do so a lot of damage to the economy. Yeah, so, and the family so, finances. So, so why do you say that? So let's start with, uh, so there's really two, outside of the tax credits in this bill, there are really two big major provisions in this bill. The, the, the one is the corporate minimum tax, which hits multinational corporations with a billion dollars, um, a minimum of a hundred million, but uh, most of them will be a billion dollars or more of income. And then there's the the increase of tax to the IRS. And it looks like Kirsten Cinema is getting rid of the carry 
rate interest rules. So um, with, with that, let's start with the, the corporate minimum tax. How does that affect the average taxpayer? I mean, we're, we're talking about people, we're talking about corporations making a billion dollars a year. Well, you know, we all know that these costs um, eventually reach the consumer and, and not just the consumer, the worker. You know, I mentioned that I worked for Donald Trump and we cut the corporate tax, not because we love corporations, but because we wanted the United States to be competitive in these global markets. We wanted to bring jobs and capital back from, you know, our factories had left for Mexico and for China and for to India and other countries. And when we cut the corporate tax, we we brought the the money and the and the businesses and the jobs back to the United States. We brought in a trillion dollars to the United States, and we had predicted that that would mean that workers would be paid more because they would have more capital to work with, and that's precisely what happened. So our reduction in the corporate tax rate actually led to more jobs here and higher paying jobs. And now basically the Biden plan is to reverse that and to raise those rates up again. <clears throat> that will make American companies less competitive if they if they are based here. And so you'll see a lot of those jobs leaving the United States and going back to maybe we should call this the full employment act for China, India and Mexico. Um, but the other so you're going to see a reduction in wages and salaries for workers, but also a lot of these costs of uh, when you tax a business, the, the business oftentimes just passes those costs on to the final consumer. And those are middle class people. And then the other one that you mentioned is the bigger sort problem for the middle class, which is yeah, so, the, so, um, so let, 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 that's the IRS, right? Okay, so let's get to that. Let's get to that in just a second. But um, let me ask you one more question on the minimum tax. How do you feel about um, Congress delegating its tax uh, responsibilities to accountants? Right, because this is now going to be you know, you're going to, this is a full employment act for tax lawyers and tax accountants. They're going to have to figure out what is the taxable income from a company. And I should tell you, by the way, that I was one of the people who uh, has really been involved from the beginning on two big tax reform movements. One is the flat tax and the other is something called the fair tax. And the fair tax, we would just get rid of all these, you right. know, rules and stuff. And we just have a straight consumption tax you wouldn't need armies of consultants. You wouldn't need an IRS with 85,000 plus another 85,000 that they want. So the solution to our issue of getting the tax revenues we need is to is to just blow up this tax system. This makes right. it more complicated. You're going to have all these new tax accounts. The companies I talk to say they're scratching their head trying to figure, I don't even know how to do this. I don't even know what well, what the tax will be. I don't know what, what they're defining yeah. as my income. And uh, so uh, that uh, is a real drag on the economy to have a complicated system with all these loopholes. Uh, agreed. Well, well, two, two comments on that. First is I, I, I certainly agree that the reduction of the corporate tax rate, I thought was the most important part of the 2017 oh, yes. act. And I think what happened was the reason people didn't, you didn't see it as much immediate. I mean, there was some immediate impact, but I think you saw more, more impact in 2021 and 2022, because I think, everybody's worried that the Democrats would undo it. And so it wasn't until I think Kirsten Cinema basically put the kibosh on that once and for all um, last year that now we're starting to see a lot of, a lot of international companies actually moving yeah. to the U.S. Um, on the corporate minimum tax, my concern is, of course, is that this is book income that's being yeah. taxed. So book income is not 
is not part of the Internal Revenue Code. Book income is actually developed by the Financial Accounting Standards Board. This is a bunch of accountants that are not elected in New Jersey who set these regulations. And I, I think that's uh, it's really bad policy. But let's get to the other one that you are about to get to, which is $80 billion to the IRS. Now, here's what I find interesting. So the IRS currently answers 10% of its phone calls. It has technology that dates back to the 1980s. Okay. I was actually in Washington, D.C. Uh, during the Reagan years, um, working at the National Tax Office of Ernst & Young. And my next door neighbor was working on the technology for the IRS that they currently use. Only $4 billion goes to technology. $45 billion goes to enforcement. The Joint um, Committee on Taxation says that 78 to 80% of the revenue raised from the IRS, increase in the IRS enforcement is gonna come from people making $200,000 or yes or less. So what do you say about all this? Well, that's not a big surprise, is it? I mean, except for members of Congress, it's a surprise, but I don't, Americans understand that when they say they wanna expand the IRS, look, they're not gonna get any more money out of Warren Buffett or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or General Electric or you know Google. That those very, very rich people and those big corporations have armies and armies of, of tax people. That that uh, So the problem is the people who are defenseless are people like you and me. We don't have armies of tax accountants and lawyers. And so they're going to go after people, as that study shows, who make between seventy five dollars and $250,000. And they're going to hit slap you with these tax bills. And I've gone through this, by the way, personally, where the IRS, I had a big lean on on my income and my property because they said I owed them $50,000 that I hadn't paid. And, and my wife and I went out through the thing and said, no, the, the IRS, had, we overpaid our taxes. We didn't underpay them. But we went to see our tax accountant and our tax lawyer. And they said, you know what? You're right on the facts, but you're probably better off just paying the money because it's going to cost you so much money to, to challenge this in court. Yeah, so my exactly. point is the, the little guy is going to get screwed here because they're going to they're going to audit you and they're going to say you owe them a lot of money. And even if you don't owe it, you're going to probably have to pay it. And uh, that's why this is such a sinister thing to do to the to the. And by the way, it's also small businessmen and women. You know, uh, the woman who's running a, a accounting firm or running a restaurant. Now she's going to have to figure out, you know, the taxes. The IRS practically could be living in the kitchen of her restaurants. That's not the kind of system we want in America. Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine, he's a client of mine, he's a former board certified surgeon, and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. No, I, I agree. So so here's what I wanna make clear to everybody. You know, I. I can just hear in the back of my mind people going, yeah, but I don't cheat on my taxes, so I'm safe. Yeah. I'm going, okay, so let's consider this. There, um, I 
I'm actually quite familiar with situations right now where the IRS has come in and they've disallowed deductions that are specifically allowed by a right. section in the internal revenue code. These are not right. loopholes. These are not uh, these are not things that some tax account came up with. These are actual laws on yes. the books that yes. were intentional. They were yes. intentional laws. And yes. so what they what the IRS did was saying, look, we don't like this deduction. And in fact, so this is a, 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 I'll give you a quote. You'll love this. So I was at the National Tax Conference of the AICPA last November. And the chief counsel of the IRS said, you know what, with any tax deduction, if it's too good to be true, it must be illegal. Hmm. She said yeah. that in public. And so she's going, we don't care if it's in the law. Right. What we care is we don't like it. So therefore, we're going to throw it out. Literally, there are, there are hundreds of cases in court right now, and it costs about a million to $2 million to take a, a, a tax case to court, right? Yeah. So what's going to happen is just like you say, is that somebody's going to say, well, you know what? I don't like that tax credit you took for sending your kid to college. Uh, you know, the IRS says, I, I, you're not documented well. I, I don't like it. You know, we're going to just disallow it. You're going to take him to court, really? So, you know, great point. And I, just again, from my personal experience, once they put, put a lien on your, yep. once they, you're guilty until you're <laughs> proven innocent. That's the thing about tax court. You, there's no presumption of innocence right. like a normal court. You have to prove you're not guilty, you know, which is very difficult in tax court. We actually won our case, but, you know, pro we probably didn't even come out ahead. We had to spend so much money right. to, and, and we finally got this letter from the IRS saying, oops, you're right. We owe you money. You don't owe us money. And I'm like, well, where do I get my reputation back and my money back? So uh, here's the other thing about this. I'm, a, I'm kind of a civil libertarian. You know, I don't want the government in my bedroom and my boardroom, and I don't want the government knowing everything about me and my financial institutions. And it's so interesting. When I got into this business, maybe, you know, 35 years ago, there was a very, very strong civil libertarian left. You know, you had the American Civil Liberties Union. Now, I didn't always agree with them, but they cared about the civil liberties and the abuses of governmental power. But what has changed so dramatically in, my, in the last 25 years, there is no civil libertarian left anymore. Have you heard anybody on the left objecting to the kind of abuses that the IRS is yeah. going to engage in? No. They don't care. All they want is the money. <laughs> and that, that pains me to say this, by the way. They, they believe in power. So that's why they want to uh, do with the IRS what they've done with the Justice Department and with the FBI. They are going to weaponize yeah. the IRS to go after what groups? Conservative donors and Republican donors. Now, you may say, oh, I'm just being uh, paranoid here. No, I'm not. That happened under the Obama administration. It, 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 I mean, yeah, it that happened. Was the, that was and the, the left likes to pretend it didn't happen, but it did. And then it, if you want to, if you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, just Google the name Lois, Lois Lerner. Lerner. <laughs> yeah. And she basically yep. targeted conservative groups and conservative donors. Mm -hmm. And why, why would we want to give this agency that has abused its power back since the Nixon era more power? And it's because the left wants all this money so they can spend it. So, so here's an interesting part of this bill. So, Included in that $45 billion directive to uh, that's an increase in what they already have. So that's the $45 billion increase in enforcement is a, a 
little phrase in there that says that the IRS will be responsible for overseeing and enforcing digital current, the d- new digital currency that Biden um, did by executive order Oof. last spring. So now the IRS, so let's think about this. So you have digital currency. So you'll be able to track that, that tracks you everywhere, right? The IRS, not treasury, Okay, mm-hmm. not not the people who should be looking at this, but the IRS will actually be in your business every every transaction you do, every single every single dollar you spend, and as directed under this bill in this provision. They're going to get to know you really well. You know that, that they even had a program at the IRS about you know getting to know where you eat your meals. You know how often you go on vacations. You know uh, this is. For anyone who believes in a limited government and is worried about government intruding into your lives, this is something that's very scary. I doubt that they're going to get the money that they claim they will. Um, And uh, why don't we just simplify the tax system? Because, look, almost every IRS uh, director since the income tax was invented back in, you know, back in the uh, about 100 years ago has said the, the backbone of our tax system is voluntary compliance. You know, people, as you said, most people pay their taxes and they want to be honest and uh, do their duty to pay their taxes. But the studies show that when you make it complicated and when you put people with similar incomes in different positions where everybody feels like everybody else is gaming the system, then we all try to game the system. And so the way that my point is, this bill doesn't make the income tax system more comprehensible. It makes it less comprehensible. So what's going to happen to tax fraud? It's going to go up. It's not going to do this. This does exactly the opposite of what we would all like. We want a simple and fair system where everybody pays their fair share, but you don't have to be, you know, a, you know, a, a lawyer to figure out how much taxes you owe. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with, I don't disagree at all with that hundred um, percent for this bill itself though. So what, you know, what can taxpayers do? I mean, you, you, most of our listeners, they're small business owners, they're entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. they're investors. Um, every one of them, literally everyone's going to be impacted by this bill. Yeah. You're going to, uh, get- you know, the, there are people, I, I was on a podcast yesterday, Steve, and I asked uh, 50 people, I said, how many of you have had an IRS audit ever? And only one raised their hand. I'm mm-hmm. going, okay, just understand under this bill, four years from now, half of you, will raise yeah. your hand because yeah. now what you have is you have un- basically unlimited funds going to the IRS and not for customer service, not for technology, for hiring accounts and lawyers to yeah. come after small business. Now, this is a really important point you just made, because if you read this bill and I have, I haven't read the whole thing, uh, by the way, how many members of Congress do you think have read this bill? <laughs> Zero have read it. They're going to vote on a uh, $700 billion bill. They don't even know what's in it. But I, I read the IRS section of the bill and I'm not joking. The first, you know, 20 pages about how wonderful this can be for everybody because it can make it so much simpler and you're going to have all this help filling out your taxes and not, now you're not going to have to wait on the, uh, 1-800 number to get help. I'm like, this isn't here to, they're not doing this to help the taxpayer. They're here to police us. You know, uh, it, it's the old, you know, uh, joke about the tax system that the uh, that what the government wants to do is pluck the most feathers from the goose with the, with the least amount of squawking. And so they're going to be plucking us all to get more money out of us to fund all these crazy government programs. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. And, and 
I, for one, I actually think the IRS does need a little more money. Um, I, th they have, they, they, they don't have good customer service. They need to have better customer service. But I just like isn't going to be used for customer well, service. That's, that's, that's my. That's point. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. Only, only less than ten percent, like seven percent. Uh, hang on. So less than five percent of the money is going to customer service. Less than five percent. The the number one issue. If you ask the average taxpayer. Who who's ever called the IRS, what's the most important issue? They wouldn't say, well, the rich people aren't paying enough taxes. They would say the number one issue is I can't get a hold of anybody at the IRS. I know. That yep. is the number one issue. And by the way, why is it that the government is the only place where if you do a bad job, you get a raise? I know. I mean, the, the right? worse their services, the more money we give them. And that's precisely what we're doing here. Um, and, and again, it's not necessary. We need to make the tax system simpler and fairer with, I'm a, I'm a flat tax, one rate, everybody pays it, get rid of all the special interest loopholes and, and, uh, and you're done with it. And you could literally have a postcard tax return under that system. And instead of April 15th being, you know, a day where everybody's trying to figure out how much they owe, yep. it would be just another, you know, spring well, day. So, it, it, it'd be more like Estonia when uh, the uh, their tax right. system crashes yep. on uh, January 1st at, at midnight every year. Their system crashes because everybody just goes in, yep. they click their numbers, and basically, and their tax return's done. They got whatever refund they have, whatever. But literally, I have friends in Estonia, and they say, you know, the problem is that sometimes the system crashes. Otherwise, it's all done by January 1st. It's so simple. That's what we need in America. We're moving away from that. And in fact, they create, this bill creates all sorts of new oh, tax yes. <laughs> loopholes and special carve-outs, especially for the wind and solar industry and for electric vehicles. And, and you know, and we're, for, and we're, practically, we're, we're practically buying the cars for people now. They're giving so many tax subsidies to the industry. So we, we should not be in the, in the, um, in the business in Washington of picking winners and losers. Mm -hmm. And that's what this bill does. It's, it says, if for you're sure. Tesla and you make electric vehicles, we're going to, we're, every time somebody buys one of your cars, we're going to chip in $7,500 and another $4,500 when you resell the car. And, yep. you know, it's it's just crazy. We don't need all those. Most Americans don't want an electric vehicle. And yet the, the purpose of this bill is to almost, they want to get every gas car off the road. That's their agenda. And then ultimately, they'd like people not to have cars at all, right? Just the, just the rich and powerful and politically connected and the rest of us. And I'm not making this up. You should read their stuff. They say, we got to get everybody into mass transit, buses and rail cars. Yeah. yeah. So, so they call um, that progress. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Right. So, yeah. so um, final, final thought here. Yeah. What can, what can people do? I mean, this podcast going out right away. Uh, yeah. You know what, I mean, I, what can people do about this? Well, it looks you know, I think you can always stop something. And, you know, they're they trying to pass a bill with 50 votes in the Senate because not a single Republican will vote for this trash bill. Um, and then they only have a four seat majority or some four or five seats in the House. So there's no margin for error. But these Democrats, they remind me of, you know, those Korean soldiers that are, you know, um, marching lockstep and they're just taking our economy right over a cliff. So, you know, contact your Congressman Senator, tell them how much you hate this bill. This is at a time we should be cutting our taxes and radically cutting the government spending, because don't forget, we've already had $3 trillion of 
new debt and spending under Biden. This bill does just the opposite. What this bill does is it it's like taking a forest fire and dousing it with gasoline. It's going to make inflation worse. It's going to make our deficit worse. It's going to make our economy worse. And for them to call this in the Inflation Reduction Act, they should be thrown in jail for, you know, false and misleading advertising. Yeah, I, I call it the Inflation Enhancement Act. So exactly. Um, <laughs> with that, thank you, um, Steve Moore. Uh, Steve, if we want to connect with uh, you and, and your organization, where would we go? Well, go to FreedomWorks because I do a lot of work with them. And if you want to get activated and active and in stopping this assault on freedom. It's not just an assault on our money, it's an assault on our basic freedoms as Americans. Sure. Then go to freedomworks.org and you can get involved. And we have a lot of great material. Uh, you know, At the very least, we have to get rid of these people who are doing this uh, damage to our country. Awesome, thank you so much, uh, Steve Moore. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, just remember, despite what, every, what you hear in the media, this bill does affect you. It affects every single middle class American, whether or not, whether or not you cheat on your taxes, even if you take, even if you're completely legitimate in everything you do on your taxes, just like Steve said, I had the same situation with a tax lien that was completely bogus, took me eight years to get rid of it, IRS tax lien, and I've done nothing. And so don't believe that just because you do what you're supposed to do, that you're safe, this is something where we do need to take action. So I would encourage you, take a little action, um, contact your senator, contact your uh, uh, whoever your representative is in Congress, because only when you do that um, will you be able to make way more money and pay way less tax. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.